last Family Guy podcast on the internet. I am your host, the Lonely Photon, a.k.a. Spencer, and I am joined as always by my good friend Ty, a.k.a. Bobo underscore Circus on Twitter, and Andy, a.k.a. X underscore Anarcho Anon on Twitter. Hello! And for this season, we've got a very special guest, uh, Ambienvalent on Twitter, a.k.a. M. M, how are you doing? Doing okay, yeah. Alright, so, we're here, we're queer, we're doing Family Guy Season 6. Let's just dive right in. M, what is your history with this show? So, I am the youngest of five. My oldest sister is 16, 17 years older than me. Jesus and uh, Yeah, yeah, she's like a half-sister. But um, right. yeah. she was living with us for a while, and she was, like, super cool because she was so much older than me, and I really wanted right. to spend time with her. And what she wanted to do was to watch Family Guy. We had a DVR, and we would just literally just watch it, like, all day for hours. Yeah, I was like eight or nine, I think, when I started watching it, which I think is, <laughs> yeah, it's a little much. Um, a little early. Yeah, just a little bit. But no, like, my parents didn't really know what it was, so they didn't really pay attention. And then one day my dad caught me watching the episode where Brian makes a porno, and uh, <laughs> he, like, freaked out. He, like, lost yeah. his mind. So, you know, <laughs> tried to ban me from watching it from then on but then my mom like was like no you know whatever it'll be fine she'll be she'll turn out okay so yeah and look at you now yeah that's like that's a common story with everyone who's come on where it gets banned by the parents but it sticks with us anyways <laughs> yeah so we're talking about season six and we have sort of danced around this you know when talking about the show the general consensus surrounding family guy is that the peak is somewhere before the cancellation but I think we're all in agreement. I don't know about you, M, but I know all my co-hosts are in agreement when we all say, this is the best season of Family Guy. It's really good. I still am on the season seven tip, but I I agree, it is maybe the best Well, at least that we've done so far. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. I will say this is a good season of TV, and it is very, very funny. However, I I, I think there's something that um, is, is worth pointing out before we go further, Technically, only four episodes of Family Guy season six were made hmm. in season six's production order. The rest were saved in season eight, seven, eight. This is because when the show was airing from mid September 2007 to May 2008, this was when it got caught up strike. in the that big, strike, yeah. super important Wilder strike at the time. Uh, actually, Seth MacFarlane, credit to himself, joined the strikers and yeah. refused yeah. to work on family yeah no uh yeah, that, credit that was credit a big still. thing back in the oh that was like, huge aughts or whatever it like ruined friday night lights that was what made dr horrible sing-along blog oh yeah oh my yeah. god like in response to that yeah we, we've mentioned before how you know south park is the clever show but matt and trey made an episode making fun of the writer's strike where seth actually went on strike so yeah yeah, we've got to give credit there. We've also, I mean, we have we have been pretty clear that it's they are also like a lot meaner than Family Guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, like yeah. This is probably the strongest uh, season of Family Guy overall. Yeah. Of you know, maybe one could make the case for uh, some people might say four, some people might say seven, but uh, yeah. th- this is and this a lot is of definitely say two. Um, which we don't agree with, but yeah, yeah. but this yeah. is, yeah, this is definitely, I think this is definitely upper crust family guy. Oh, for sure. I would say like looking at the episode roster, you know, you got Lois kills Stewie, 
um, as two parts. You got the first Star Wars episode, probably one of the most iconic Family Guy episodes of all time. And and I feel like you you got enough like every like main character gets like a quintessential episode in here. This feels kind of like, and I said it, I, I didn't mean to use that word earlier, but this feels like the quintessential Family Guy yeah. season. No, like when I when I think of point. Family Guy, this season is it just sums up so much about like why people like the show. I think at least absolutely all of the really iconic bits, including the ones that I I'm not huge on. But, like, all the really, really iconic ones you can find here. You've got one of my favorite Family Guy jokes, the bullfrog. Um, oh, God, yeah. We'll get into that later, but uh, it is very rare that, like, you know, I have to pause something I'm watching because I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> but <laughs> just the, like, extended sequence of Peter just gently nudging the frog out of the window is so fucking funny. I... You know what I, I think? You know what I think this season? Why it's so strong? Why? I think this is the first season where they feel really comfortable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every everything, like they they felt confident. I think in earlier seasons, but this is the first time where it's like they are willing to take you know swings at stuff that might not work at at such a regular pace because like they know that they they know what they're doing and like they have a handle on how they're doing it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, the first three seasons, you know, there's the kind of rockiness, there's all yeah. the cancellation fears. Season four, you know, it's the comeback season. It's, yeah, everything's uh, changing under it, yeah. It's Goodman and Sheridan's first swing as showrunners. Season five, they're still getting into the groove. This season, they're definitely into the groove, and also, they're at the point where they know they're not going to get canceled, but they haven't quite reached the point where it feels like they're actively sabotaging themselves. <laughs> So it's hit a really nice balance of we can do whatever we want to, but we're going to do stuff that's good. Yeah, no, for sure. There's not a lot of big changes in terms of characters this season. I think that for the we we've spent the past couple episodes, you know, diving into character change since there was a lot over the first couple seasons, but they've really hit a groove now and there isn't as much to say there. I, I would make the argument that I think maybe it's not like character change per se, but the idea that Brian has like a consistent continuity is something new for the show. And that's something that they really step on in season six is like having yeah. more, oh, yeah, like more than a... episode long arcs for Brian. Yeah. It started in season five, but like really it hits yeah. its stride in the season. Yeah, you get a lot out of Brian this season. Yeah. Just like a lot of character development. It's also, I think when we first start to get the point hammered home that like he's just kind of a dick to every woman he's in a his scumbag. life. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a scumbag. Yeah, no, they uh in the episode Moving Out, which is a good episode, they have Jillian dump Brian, which is mm-hmm. uh honestly. Love which that. Is, this is something that me and Em were like talking about over DM, but like he does not deserve Jillian at all. No. Yeah, no. If anything, she should have done it sooner. Jillian is a queen and um Literally. We're all we're all pro Jillian here. In terms of a person, maybe not she's the character like, writing. She she's a very she's a very generous bimbo, and that's yeah. like the best kind of person on earth. I have yeah. it written down here also. It's just that she has like so much emotional maturity, and you yeah. see that specifically in this episode when she's very much just like, "You hurt me, and I can't handle that anymore, and so I'll just leave you." Yeah. Brian loses his mind. Yeah, she knows and what it's... she wants. She knows what's good for her, and she mm-hmm. follows that. Yeah. If I can bring in the Simpsons comparison, a good comparison point, and a worthy one, I think, is a Millhouse Divided. 
where Milhouse's parents split up and don't reconcile at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's that a the classic. The, is that the one with Kirk's like tape or whatever? Oh my god! Yeah, can the, I borrow can, a can I just that's say, yeah. Brian, like especially as the show gets more and more, has a very strong Kirk very Van Houten energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's great. Uh, we get more Does of that make John Stewie Benjamin. Milhouse. No. Stewie is Mr. Burns. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but we get more of H. John Benjamin. And, um, yes. Oh, my God. I forgot to mention him last episode, but H. John Benjamin is one of the best character actors, specifically, or voice actors, specifically because of how limited he is. And he has one voice, but yeah. he can use it for like a bunch of characters. It's the yeah. best voice. Like, it's up there with James Earl Jones. Pa- I mean, literally, it's like the Patrick Warburton thing, where it's yeah. like. Yeah. Which is, I mean, also, you know, on Family Guy. If I can make a side note, I don't know if we're ever going to end up talking about this, but um, I, I, for some horrible reason, watched Open Season with my friends, and Patrick Warburton was in it, and when he showed up, we all lost our mind. Because it's Patrick <laughs> oh, fucking he's the, Warburton. Oh, he's the big deer. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Patrick, I did not, like, the first thing I ever knew Patrick Warburton from, and I thought it was, like, the thing he was most known for was Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Yes, as Krong. That, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's one of his best roles. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and then, he's terrific. But then, like, yeah, and then, like, you grow up and you're like, oh, wait, he was in Seinfeld? You know, and where it's yeah, like, no. oh, that's where people know him from. Or, like, Family Guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with H. John and Adam West, they've, they've got, like, one of the most stacked voice casts ever. Yes. Uh, we'll mention it more on the bonus episode, but, like, just all of the people here are just doing like career best work this season. Yeah, and I mean, and I took notes too. This season is like packed full of some really solid guest stars too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Like they um, got the actual Barry Manilow to come and sing a song. Yeah, I I was, I, I was so surprised, and I I I agree with all of them. Um, Barry, Barry Manilow, Manilow is great. I, I was also, just that might be my favorite joke of the season, possibly. <laughs> Yeah. Right, when they're that, trying to talk about how, like, oh, yeah. he's coming into yeah, town, and we can't stand him. Barry Manilow. What a joke. So stupid. And boring as hell. Yeah, no kidding. You couldn't pay me to go to that thing. Hey, you know what we should do? We should go, just as a goof. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, just look at all the idiots. All the dumbass Manilow fans. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got, like, one good song. Yeah, I mean, Mandy is not terrible. Yeah, the opening's okay. And I guess you can't hate Copacabana. Yeah, if you're in the right mood. Daybreak is a good song. Oh, yeah. That's a good song. And I like Weekend in New England. Yeah, that's a good one. Looks like we made it. Yeah, it's not bad, right? I love Barry Manilow. Oh, my God, he's the best! I have everything he's ever recorded! Me, too! And they're just, yeah. and they just start listing songs, and they're like, okay, and then just in that, like, I'll link it into the episode. That is, that is, ever, that is yeah. people talking about Family Guy funny enough. It absolutely- that is literally how this podcast started. <laughs> the only problem with that joke is that they don't mention the best Barry Manilow song, which is Who's Been Sleeping in My Bed. Um, but no, they, they get so much great stuff. James Woods comes back, and look, yes. again, we've, we cannot we've, emphasize we've enough. we talked about James Woods. Shitty person. Make our points clear. Terrific voice actor, terrific mm-hmm. actor, one of yes. the best. Like, one of the most charismatic men on earth. Like, yeah. you hate to say it, but... Yeah, I, 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 it's one of those classic, like, you hate to admit it situations, yeah. but, like, I will watch him in anything and be happy. He really, like H. Sean Benjamin, he really only plays one role, but he plays it so well you don't really care. Mm. But, yeah, no, there's just a terrific cast all around. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about weak episodes, like, stuff that, stuff that doesn't work since we've been raving oh. so much? Since... 
we we can save that for the whatever second half because I think for me is this one that Andy is choosing is uh, the second episode or the third episode of the season where Joe gets his legs back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I um, thought was kind of weak. Also, yeah. I hated Joe's character design out of the wheelchair because they made his <laughs> legs way too skinny. I don't want to get into it yet since I'm going to talk about it, but right. uh, you know there is still this sort of weird, very Bush era. Uh, even though we're approaching the Obama era very fast. Um, Next year. Yeah, we're yeah. very Bush era, where we mentioned it before, it's the sort of what we call the racism, anti-racism tension, where the show, like, viciously denounces uh, racism while being very well, racist itself. maybe not viciously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not viciously, but... Yeah. At points, I don't know if they're committed enough that you could say they are viciously against racism. I mean... You can see it in some of the Iraq War episodes, I feel like, where they're, like, very pissed about yeah. it, but also, like, still do a bunch of really mean Islamophobic stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, for me, like, as much of it revolves around racism as it does that, and again, this is kind of something we return to a lot, too, is that kind of Bill Maher-esque, like, liberal interpretation of war as, like, stupid or unnecessary, rather than, yeah. like, actually, right. you yeah, know, a the, crime against the... humanity. Yeah, the Bill Maher in-your-face liberalism. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Where it's like, yeah, where it's like, where it's more they are offended by how stupid it is than offended by, you know, the scores of murder committed yeah. by the American state. I, yeah. I, on the other hand, um, you've got the uh, uninjured veterans joke, which is <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and here comes the next float honoring uninjured veterans. Yeah! Our wives stayed with us. I immediately, I immediately us. sent that to all of my left-wing veteran friends and yeah. said, this is you guys. Our, li- our wives um, <laughs> Think fast! We did! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, also nitpicking that there's a lot of very early to, or mid-2000s stuff that has not aged well at all, like disliking Matthew McConaughey. Like, this is before the McConaissance happened. Yeah. So well, also, you know what else is something I noticed that has not aged well? There are a lot of O.J. Simpson jokes this season, and I have yeah. no idea why. Yeah, that's, that's... Like, I get making fun of O.J. Simpson, but why this season and why so many of them? Was this, like, when he got arrested again, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think okay, it's about when he got arrested the second time. Yeah, so he was, like, back in the news because he got, he got like, arrested for, like, the basically, oh, we messed up the first and it's, time. And it's not like he's not an easy target, yeah. so, you know. Right, yeah. But I, I think it was probably he was back in the news around then. I mean, maybe not. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I uh, most of my notes this season revolves around like sort of just notes on like people didn't like Colin Farrell at the time because everyone yeah. likes Colin Farrell now <laughs> or people thought big asses were ugly since like that's completely been on 180 since I forget yeah. what made me do uh, that Nicki Minaj yeah no but oh, there's oh, also oh what made you do that I thought you meant what turned it around oh no what what made me take that what made me take that note down yeah Similar to Matthew McConaughey, they shit on the Jake and his sister Jill and Hall. Yeah, what was uh, that about? Yeah. Yeah, like who I mean, the fuck? I, who okay, hates Jake Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay, Maggie Gyllenhaal might be. They make yeah. They make a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal stabs, like in, in general. Which again, like I, I get this is before like the big Jake Gyllenhaal renaissance in the 2010s, yeah. but like Brokeback, you know, Zodiac I mean, was out. Even like, like this was like right after Brokeback Mountain, I think too. Like yeah. that was what. There's five, layers. There's layers oh, to that. Oh, four, oh, five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I think that if Family Guy has one purpose outside of comedy, it's sort of serving as a capsule of what the average shithead guy <laughs> thought of celebrities at the time. Yeah. Which is funny, because this show is written almost entirely by, by Queenie theater kids. <laughs> yeah, yes. also, like, yeah, you've brought it before, but, like, they have, like, that very Trump-esque, you know, bad food restaurant yeah. type of, like, takes yeah, like, on, the, on Oh, honey, yeah. type stuff. Um, the one other things I wanted to mention is that they lean a lot on jokes that kind of reference, like, uh, other cartoons, like the Flintstones, the Jetsons, yeah. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. That stuff doesn't really work, especially since the Scooby-Doo thing. I, I hate to bring in South Park again, but South Park did the Scooby-Doo joke really well in the Nambla oh, episode. everyone's and... done a good Scooby-Doo parody. Yeah. That's, like, first thing you do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Family it's Guy nice did it It's nice that they were at least original to get some of the original voice cast, at least, yeah. to do it. Yeah, no. Other than that, one thing that this season does that is kind of irritating, I brought this up on the Season 5 episode, but at this point, the cutaway jokes aren't really, like, cutaways anymore. They're just scene transitions. Like, yeah. Rather than being like, that was crazier than the time I blank. Like, they do that, but then they just use it to bridge, like, one scene to the other. I mean, to an extent, I think it's kind of cleaner in that, like, it's not, you know, littering a scene or whatever. But I do think it feels a bit more robotic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I commented on on Season 7, which I've started, is that they almost feel like they're dialing back a bit on the cutaways. Like... Hmm. Well, because like, they know everyone's making fun of it for it. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, let me, put it, let me put it this way. Season four's, like, amount of cutaways is like a shotgun blast where this, is, this isn't, this is like, a finely tuned laser, but it's, it's not as absurd. I think they get kind of self-aware about the amount of cutaways that they're doing, especially in season six. They yeah. have that bit where it just transitions to, like, what Hitler on a unicycle uh, juggling yeah. fish. And then they come back to it. They're like, see, there was a purpose to this. So I think at this point, they do kind of get to the point where like, okay, yeah, we get it. It's a little excessive. Or along those lines, they have the, they have the joke where Peter is like, you know, that's crazier than uh, if a monkey had keys to the amusement park and you think it's going into a cutaway. And then Lois is just like, how, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, those legs have turned him into a complete jerk. It's like giving a monkey the keys to an amusement park. How is that? How is what? How is it anything like a monkey having the keys to an amusement park? I don't know. The hours would be erratic. Maintenance would probably suffer to some degree. The prizes for games of chance would all be bananas. Lois, Lo don't call me on this stuff, all right? I'm, I'm just go with it. Support me in these moments. I'm hurt. I lost my buddy. I, I don't remember joke, if this was the like... season, but there was also one where they just kind of paused for a second. They say, do we have a clip for that? No clip? All right, moving on. I, I I think that was last season, but yeah, I mean, yeah. very similar vein. Yeah, but aside from these nitpicks, you know, there are some weak episodes here still. There is some jokes that don't land. Yeah, There's some I mean, it's not know, questionable racial like... stuff. I mean, uh, if, you, if you're taking that many shots, like, some of them are going to mess. It, yeah, but, but yeah. The, the point is, is that, like, this is the most fun I've had, like, consistent fun I've had watching Family Guy. Um since I started, you know, shotgunning the show um, to right. do this podcast. I'm not going to talk about it next uh, half, so I'm just going to bring up Long Jong Peter in particular, which is one of my favorite episodes of the season, maybe one of my, like, five or so favorites of the show. Really? And it's got this, like, really nuts set piece in it where Chris they keeps this, like, pirate pirates. Uh, I thought you were going to bring up where Chris keeps beating up Brian. Um, I mean, 
mean, that one is good, but no, I mean, I agree. The car pirate thing. I would yeah, that, in my notes, like, you could build an entire series off of that. Well, concept. no, because it, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful Errol Flynn callback. They've got, like, it's like a very, like, kind of George Miller type vibe. And, you know, they've got the bullfrog joke in that, which is great. Perfect. Yeah, the, the finest joke ever. They also have the crystal meth um, joke in there, too, right? Yes. Just pulls his eyeball uh, out of its socket. <laughs> yeah, we can, I don't know. I love, I, we talk about how great the voice acting is. The way that Seth Green delivers, I don't know about that. <laughs> just, just so perfect. God. You know, they even pull off the more sentimental stuff decently well, like Brian's son. That, that's not bad. No, not Although bad I, w- I will say, every single time that, uh, that they bring back Brian's son, like that shit, did they? I think they only did it once. They've done right? it like I think two where, or three where he times. Where becomes an actor, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about complaining with it's a lot of bad Brian relationship but... stuff because unfortunately yeah. Brian, like Jillian, was the last time he has a steady relationship for the show. Technically, we'll, we'll get into that, but like Brian's character gets worse in screen. Season. Oh God! Yeah. The one overarching thing I want to mention before we get into the like deep dive and again. It's tricky to say this without the show changing what it is at its core. But there is one thing that I wish Family Guy would do in the future. And that's that I kind of wish that they would just ditch the three-act structure altogether and just, like, have the Griffins do something and then just, like, make jokes out of that for the rest of the episode. Like, like, I, I, I... Noted this last season where uh, the family goes to the lake and it ends up with Lois running for office. And I was like, why can't we just have them like hang out at the lake the entire time? I mean, I, I have made the point before that I think in a lot of the cases, the idea that Act 1 does not link to Act 2 or Act 3 is kind of part of the joke. Yeah. Like, like, like the idea that, you know, how sitcoms will sometimes, you know, build into a plot or whatever, that it's basically like, like a meta joke on behalf of the show it's like structure yeah. itself but i, I yeah. get the, like it does get kind of great a little bit yeah there's also like parts where it's like this part of the like this act could have just been the entire episode it probably would have been a better episode i think i think they could have done so much with the cow slaughterhouse the cow that would have been awesome yeah but it's just like what like a two minute <laughs> clip yeah right yeah yeah. Um, oh, or, so that same episode, Peter just growing a mustache and just acting like a mustache, like a guy who has a mustache. Like, I'm right. fine to just watch 20 minutes of Peter, like, oh, yeah. wearing jeans. Um, I mean, like, I don't know if they could have stretched 20 minutes out of that, but no, yeah. Like, I, I think that it could be better, but I also think that, like, they are kind of committed to the joke of a disconnected act one, and that's kind of, like, a, a, an important structural piece of the but show. But then at some point it becomes forced to... Yeah. Sure, but if, if you're consistently yeah. writing better episodes in your head, that's not a good sign for your structure. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I think the compromise would be a mix of episodes that deliberately do that and episodes yeah. that just, like, stay on one topic and just kind of roll with that and just do the hangout structure. But I think that's going to about do it for this half of the show. Do any of us have anything this... to add? Uh, two, I have two things. One... Uh, on that comment you just made, this MF must be Nixon because he wants a limited hangout. Um, and to uh, an actual point, did this episode feel like nicer to Meg? Do you think this season? I got, a little. Yeah, I kind of got there, the vibe there's... that this season was like maybe not pulling away from the Meg thing, but if it, maybe their 
attention wasn't as much on it as it had yeah. been previously. Well, there was a, that, that was the yeah. episode where she actually found a guy who was like, it, or like Peter, yeah. like has that whole epiphany that he needs to treat Meg better, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there's. I, I feel like starting here, they get less cruel. I think that you know, you theorize that Mila Kunis might have stepped in or something. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Think- I, it still gets kind of bad. Like I'm thinking, especially of like the season eight episode that we've referenced before. Oh boy. Where, the, where yeah, we, we'll get to it. But I I don't think like this is where they are done pulling away. But if anything, it like at least it felt like they were not as committed. It takes to a it back this burner season this season for sure. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Yeah. You know what I would say gets like a lot of like solid jokes and a lot of background stuff this season. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chris oh, for does. sure. Strong. Especially that that ep- the episode where he's with Carl, and it's like, might that might be Chris the strongest. Chris and Carl might have one of the most underrated pairings in the whole show. Oh yeah. Yes. I-, I like the stuff with Herbert too. I like how he just like point blank at the end of the episode just goes, "Are you a pedophile?" <laughs> he just yeah. cuts to black. I like his girlfriend. I-, I like the idea that that Peter sabotages the relation. I mean, I love that episode, but I like how. Yeah. Peter sabotages that relationship by telling Chris to be a dick when, like, that's the exact opposite of what needs to happen. I mean, to be fair, they've had, like, three episodes before where the moral was also be a dick to win the girl over and it worked every time there. So, like, yeah. I can't fault Chris for thinking it would work this time. Because yeah. in, in the universe of the show, it is a pretty surefire method. Yeah. Herbert, what is it, uh, gets more time this episode and... You know, we mentioned when he first showed up that we're uncomfortable with, like, you know, the sympathetic child molester, right. but the more the show goes on, the more I kind Unless of enjoy him yeah. showing up. <laughs> if I'm being yeah. entirely honest, like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a bad person, but, like, pretty much every time he comes on screen, I'm, like, really happy it's to great. see him. I think because, I, I, I think you pointed this out uh, on, uh, I believe it was season four, part two, but... The reason why he works is that they pivot away from him being a child molester specifically and, like, a guy who wants, like, a romantic relationship (laughs) with a teenage boy. Which is kind of necessary, but yeah. No, I mean, and I think they kind of gun it maybe more in this season where in a way where... And also, I think they make him less sympathetic. Yeah. Well, also, like... They also lean into how old he is. Like, they have the say anything thing, but he, like, brings, like, like a... What is it like called? A, like a like phonograph? A, or not a, like a, yeah, like a phonograph. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he plays like some like really old, just kitschy record. How old do you guys think Herbert is supposed to be? I, I thought like 80, but yeah. I didn't know if you guys... Yeah, like yeah. 80. Yeah. As old as Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I yeah. like, again, his dog. Just what what a, what a <laughs> oh, creation his dog is. Yeah. I will say that... <laughs> I love just how... Should be dead. Yeah. That, that episode had like... like Cannot Definitely walk. one of my favorite uh, Herbert lines, but also just like a good line for the season when Meg is like, I'm a 17-year-old girl. I don't need you here. And he's like, well, you're a 17-year-old girl. I don't need you here. <laughs> so yeah, I love I like how when he like basically asks for a sponge bath and then it cuts, smash cuts to Meg doing it. And he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like very, like very, like like nineteen thirties cartoon. Or yeah, I also again we already mentioned that. Are you a pedophile, line? But the um yeah. the build up to it also, where he's just like rambling eerily, and then he starts whistling <laughs> for like a. It's, like, it's one of the best. It's, that's such a 
Yeah, no, I, I I hate to say it, but I think I'm cautiously pro Herbert now. I think he's sure, least... but let's see if they can keep him. <laughs> yeah, true. For now, they might they might waste that. I, I will not fight you on that. I think yeah. they are getting more comfortable with how they use it. <laughs> yeah, because this show, I think, what works is that as time goes on, this show is already very misanthropic. But as time goes on, it just gets like increasingly like mean to everyone and by this point they're fairly cruel to every character and it works since you know he's a child molester that they're cruel to him yeah so yeah i think that's gonna about do it for this we're gonna take a quick break and uh, we're gonna come back and go deep on certain episodes Everyone has fingernails and everyone wants cash. So send us all your fingernails and we'll send you some cash. Fingernailsforcash.com. Fingernails for cash. Remember, it's just fingernails, so don't expect much cash. Fingernailsforcash.com. Our service never fails. Just take the cash and don't ask why we want your fingernails. Because we might be building a fort with them. And we're back. Uh, we're going to go deep on four episodes this season. Em, you're our guest. Why don't you start us off? Sure, yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about Play It Again, Brian, which is the first episode, I think, where it's like made clear that he's in love with Lois or what have you. Uh, basically, Brian wins a, a poetry competition for uh, you know this poem he basically plagiarized, and uh, he gets invited uh, to an award ceremony. He brings along uh, Lois and Peter. Peter acts like an asshole, and Brian uses it as a chance to make a move on Lois. Uh, meanwhile, you get, uh, what is it, the Griffins being taken care of by Herbert, which is a great That's subplot. So yeah, I really like this for his general character arc. I think it sort of just jumpstarts a lot of like what makes Brian both... like likable and unlikable at the same time throughout the rest of the show so very much enjoy that yeah. one I, it's not the first time they did that with him they had this one episode where they, he's with like his therapist in yeah. oh that's right 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 i think yeah this is the first time they do something interesting with it, yeah it's the so first it's... time it's like actually like con- like a confrontation i think see i i am i think i am in the minority where i i preferred it the first time they did it just because i thought that I thought that they laid it to rest pretty well. Like, you know, no one, they didn't have to say it out loud, but it was kind of recognized that, like, this was something that Brian was dealing with and, like, he he kind of made the conscious decision to move away from it. Yeah. And it felt kind of weird for me to, like, bring that conflict back three seasons later out Mm -hmm. of nowhere. But, I mean, I I have nothing against the episode. I think it's a fairly solid episode. That was, I think, I was, it did not work for me in particular. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but now we also had the episode where, uh, Peter, Joe, Quagmire, and Cleveland get up stranded on the island. Yes. And when they come back, they yes. find... Yes, um... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that and, too. And Brian marries Lois. Yeah. Yes. yes. They do bring it up. Uh, so, I mean, it's something that they've dealt with before. And the, the, the scene in the... I forget which season it is. It was also season four, I think, where the, um, Peter and Lois get the band back together. And Lois, when, when Stone just goes... Brian wants to have sex with me yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. They never, like, hint around it. Yeah. yeah, they mention it a lot, but I think those are, like, the three big episodes where, where they actually make a plot point mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. and I, I think they handle it really well here, in part because you, you get this acknowledgement from Lois that he's probably, like, the better potential partner, but he's she's very loyal to Peter, so she's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Brian is Brian is a very shitty partner, as we have seen. Yeah, well, better. And yeah. we'll continue to see. I also think they do kind of, uh, like, yeah. for the sake of the arc of the episode, they, like, uh, turn up Peter's, like, callousness and stuff like that. Right. To, like, a point where it's just, yeah. like, over the top. Because generally, like, you know, Peter's, like, a... He's callous and he's thoughtless or whatever, but, like, for the most part, like, he clearly loves Lois and does, like, take care of her. Yeah, he's, like, a well-meaning Yeah, ass. in this one, he's just, this one, he's, not he's just awful. Yeah. Like, he's just terrible in this one, like, completely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, and this is something that is, I've kind of formulated thoughts on where it's, like, the, the idea that the characters in Family Guy are, they, they, they have a plasticity, like, in regards to what the plot means right. because really every and we've discussed you know really everything is in service to the joke and i think that that's kind of an example of like they wanted an episode where the marriage you know between lois and peter would be tested by brian so they stretched peter's character a bit so he was yeah. right you know, he fit that characterization in that episode yeah thankfully yeah. peter is one of the most like flexible characters within the show like he 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 has to be an ope but what type of ope he can be is very fluid right so it doesn't feel like too much of a betrayal, you know, as long as he's redeemed by the end of the episode. But was he redeemed at the end of this episode, though? That's the thing, is I really didn't think he was. There was no, like, redemption for Peter. It was all about Brian. He, like, beats up Brian. That is true. He beats up Brian, and that's it. That's yeah. the end of, like, there was no, like, reconciliation between him and Lois or anything. It was just, yeah. They have a musical number. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reconciliation. That's fair. Yeah. Which is... Uh, a common tool in the Family Guy toolkit. Yeah, it's like if if you if you can't think of a way to end the episode, there's two things you can do. You can have a musical number, or you can just not end the episode and make the joke out yeah. of it. But I think it's a good episode overall. I remember quite liking it. No, I think it's solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ty, what what episode did you bring to us? Um, I picked the first non-Star Wars episode of the season, uh, which is something that we we discussed a bit in the first half, but I think. You know, we just do to look at the whole thing in general, uh, which is moving out Brian's song. Uh, basically, Brian, um, Jillian kind of makes it clear that she wants, after some prodding from Peter, she wants Brian to take the next step in their relationship and, you know, move into an apartment with her because she's feeling kind of underappreciated because yeah. Brian doesn't appreciate her. Brian is not able to afford it, so Stewie moves in to help him pay his rent. And in the background, uh, Carl and Chris, uh, or Meg gets a job at the gas station working with Carl, voiced by H. John Benjamin, and then he and Chris, uh, Chris gets hired uh, with Meg's recommendation. They bond over movies and start kind of mistreating Meg because they have, like, this instant bond. One thing I wanted to add is that this title is a very rare double reference. It's a reference to both, uh, Anthony's song by Billy Joel and Brian's song, the movie, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, I did not catch that one. I got the I got the Billy Joel one. I did yeah. not. Uh, that might just be a coincidence, but there is a movie called Brian's Song, so it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the a Wikipedia double. article lists it as an, as a reference to both. So yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Brian's Song. Um, we we compared it to a Millhouse Divided and said it's worthy of the comparison. So it, it's a really good episode, I think. Yeah, I think one of the best of the For season. Sure. Uh, yeah. Maybe of the series. Just because I, I think that there's, like, that kind of quirks-like easy chemistry between uh, Chris and Carl, where it's, you know, it's very much like they are just having conversations about, like, movies they enjoy, and it's like, 
the episode is able to coast off of just like the charisma and the chemistry that H. John Benjamin and uh, Seth Green have there, which is I really, really fantastic. So B- building on a, a lot of like I feel like um, the sort of writing that you saw in stuff like Clerks uh, earlier on. Well, that's in the what I'm, yeah, yeah. Where it's I mean it can it has that very kind of like. I- that burgeoning indie lo-fi, like, filmmaking sensibility. No. I mean, obviously not, I, like, maybe on purpose as much, but, it, it, like, it shares that wait, kind of Let me look this up. Let me see a funny ha- when Funny Ha Ha came out again, because that's, like, the first Mumblecore movie, and... I, I also think it's worth 2002, so, yeah, it's close. I, I, think, yeah. I think Carl is, like, a very under you. Like, they use him, give him yes. a play in the art, and, like, uh, shortly after his introduction, but they dispose of him, and I think it's a shame because he's a very likable character. I just wonder if it um, would get overplayed if they used him way too much. But I will say, like, I also think it's probably because H. John Benjamin got a little bit harder to catch after he got Bob's yeah. Burgers and Archer. Yeah, and Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. Is that part of the reason why Seth MacFarlane has a fucking grudge against Bob's Burgers? Possibly. <laughs> I think it might be. I think there's also like Bob's Burgers yeah. wins awards and stuff. And Family Guy yeah, doesn't. which Family Guy doesn't because Bob's Burgers is like... Well written. I don't know. What, well, what I are your thoughts it, on but, Bob's Burgers? But, yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, maybe we'll watch it. Considering, you know, our plans, we might just watch it someday. Yeah. yeah we could. I like it. Um, I think it's charming. Um, I just want to say, like, super quick, that the delivery of, I think, literally one of the first lines of the season, when he asks Meg, like, why are you so alone? Are you, like, a bitch or something? Was so good. <laughs> I literally have that written down first. Yeah. Okay, why are you always here by yourself? Yeah. Or, I, or something? I, I love, uh, it's John Benjamin. So it's, not in this ep- it's not until next season, but he's got one of the most relatable lines in the entire show, where it's during the Weed musical number, and he says, yeah, uh, what is it? He's like, Help me! I've uh, I started smoking weed, and now I've seen every movie ever. <laughs> no, that's that's during Mister Booze. In yeah, yeah. Nine. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I just remember just thinking that I was like, it's gonna be me. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't even smoke. Spencer, also. you're gonna see every single mediocre sitcom ever. Uh, yeah. You don't have time to watch movies anymore. Remember? No, you two oh, are God. like very in your heads about movies too, to like a degree where I think that fits. Yeah. Um. I feel I feel like if I was like had slightly different upbringing then I feel like I would just be Carl in a different way. <laughs> uh, Carl rules, um, man. There's a little Carl in all of Carl this. rules. Yeah. I also just love when they're yeah. talking about, sorry, when they're talking about movies, it's literally just like giving you exact timestamps like down to the second of yes, shots. <laughs> of yes. when they're making, yeah, of like when Elizabeth Shoe Or when Selma out. Blair they're, they're fucking, pre- They uh, predicted Mr. Skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Chris gets a loser friend. Like, yeah. he kind of gets that with Neil, but, like, I really wish that they interacted more, because that yeah. is a oh, great yeah. well, also yeah, Neil relation. Mia, Mia, what is it? Uh, Carl and Chris talking about movies. That's, like, the lowbrow version of me <laughs> and my uh, high school, like, movie teacher. Just yeah. We just do that all the time, and it would just irritate the fuck out of everyone <laughs> who was near us. Oh, oh, because you, you guys were a lot more fancy than family yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you were you you talked about movies wearing a monocle with your pinky. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess we should also talk about Jillian. We we brought it up before, but the way that uh, she's kind of written out of the show is really nice and just generally a good, respectful yeah. of her, kinder than you would expect from how they treated uh, Jillian in season five. Yeah, they really let her leave with dignity. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that it's probably because Drew Barrymore was getting a lot harder <laughs> to get, kind of in the same way that yeah. Sean Benjamin will be later. Yeah. Because um, this was, I think, kind of when she was blowing up more. Yeah. I guess I wanna, I wanna ask. Do you think like alternate timeline where you know either Drew Barrymore hadn't gotten big or they managed to recast Jillian? Do you think Brian and, and her could have worked together? Because I, I think the answer is probably no. No. I think they probably could have pulled a couple more seasons mm-hmm. out of it. I don't know if, like, they would still be together, but, like, I, I don't think they would have, like, kicked her out, you know, after three episodes yeah. like they did in this no. one. Yeah, I, I think that... Yeah, because I remember Jillian being a bigger thing than but now. She, she has, like, one joke in the the first season. It's, like, a joke that's pretty good at first where she just says really dumb things, but... The problem is, is that for starters, like, all the jokes with Chris is that he's really dumb and... She's just, like, a hot bimbo right. version of Chris. And it's got it's because it's with, like, a hot woman rather than, you know, a teenage boy. It's got this element of, like, really nasty misogyny in it. So yeah. it, it just kind of gets a little uncomfortable. Does she not come back after season six? I thought she did. She comes back in uh, an episode that we all talk about a lot, which is, uh, and then there were fewer, which is like the oh, that's right, episode. Yeah. yeah, and she and she comes back in like some cameo appearances, but like this is kind of the end of her as like an ongoing concern right. in, the, right. in the show. Yeah, yeah, I did like I mentioned this before too. Is just the fact that like when she does leave, you just get this glimpse at how like completely emotionally intelligent she is compared to Brian, whereas like. Yeah. He, yeah. like, lauds himself over her because he's so much smarter than her, but, like, she actually probably is way more mature than him in a thousand different ways. Yeah, she is, I mean, she is a more complete person. Absolutely. Than I, I will say I I much prefer uh, her repartee with Brian than I do sure. to the other woman who is in season seven where they're just like, oh, atheism. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, like the redhead or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well... Brian's gonna have gone a lot of dates from here on out, and I don't think any of them really work. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've, I brought this up like talking to you, Spencer, at this point, or a few little Family Guy, but it's just like, how long until they just fucking do it and have Brian and Stewie date? Like, just just make them a couple. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention this in the second half, but Stewie makes the moves on Brian oh, so yeah. much this season, and I think it's not a bad joke the way they handle yeah. it. I, 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 I will I, I will say to be fair though he makes the move on Brian he also makes the move on moves on like three separate teenagers all of whom like will be committing statutory rape if they do anything. <laughs> I don't, well, statutory the, rape is a kind word to say. It's it's yeah. somehow less upsetting with Brian because both of them are like such like non-existent cartoon, cartoon yeah. characters like yeah. one's a talking dog one's a hyper intelligent baby. Um, right. But, like, when he literally gets Connie D'Amico arrested for, like, God. kissing yeah. her in the middle of high school, it's like, that does not sit as well as flirting with a dog. Yeah. For some, for like, some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be like that sometimes. Or, like, when he's when he's trying to molest uh, Brian's son. Oh, God. Yeah, if you see yeah. anything you like, let me know. Andy. Andy, what episode did you bring to us? I brought the second James Woods episode, Back yes. in the Woods. Yes. Okay, um, so James Woods, in some respects, does not rock, but James Woods fucking rocks, and <laughs> whenever he's on the show, it's so great. Let's do let's do the plot summary. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Back to the Woods is uh, one of the most straightforward plots in Family Guy, and it's that James Woods steals uh, Peter's identity. <laughs> and, and his life. Yeah. yeah. 
And the only way that Peter can get back as James Woods is stealing James Woods' identity in reverse and then going on talk shows and just saying awful things and basically being Mel Gibson. <laughs> and then they have to get uh, revenge, and then, you know, it turns into another brawl. Well, not a brawl, but, like, the same Reese's gag. Which, it works. But... It's perfect. Which, I, I would, yeah, inspired choice yeah. to just end it the exact same way. Yeah. Like, one of the funniest things it's I It's literally, like, that's Brian's the thing song. I would quote the most, I think, with my friends in, like, yeah. Ooh, middle school I, or whatever. I, I forget <laughs> if it was Peter or Brian that said it, but, uh, what, Ooh, hey, candy. hey, ne- next time, let's just remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember He's like, this could have been over so much quicker. Which, like, re- really, I do not think there is a funnier choice they could have made than just making the same thing happen again. I, I like that. I don't like them reprising the Indiana Jones gag. I, I, no. I even, like, even kind of like that, where it's just, like, literally the exact same thing. I don't know. It worked for me. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish that they did a different Indiana Jones tag or something, but... Um, I mean, what else would you do? That's true, like, yeah. It's been too long since I've seen Would you make a Crystal Scholar reference? Uh, um, sure. Was that, that didn't come out? Then, did it? Uh, did, that was like the year early, no. 2009, right? Oh, fuck. The air, well, the episode aired after Crystal Skull came out. Hold no, on. Yeah. 2000, Crystal Skull was like 2007, 2008. No, it was 2008. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, so probably they, not. But they could have done. I don't know what they could have done, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, some something else, something in that same wheelhouse. Yeah, this episode has a lot of really good jokes. A lot of really good, not just the James Woods. Like we mentioned the the Barry Manilow stuff earlier. I I have a soft spot for the david letterman appearance with uh, the fake 9-11 movie so uh, now let me understand this what are you here to promote james well dave i have a hilarious new movie coming out on hbo next month it's all about 9-11 the movie's called september 11th 2000 fun <gasps> no 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 james that sounds unbelievably offensive to americans well you haven't heard what the movie's about I play a window washer who has just finished washing the last window at a World Trade Center. And then I turn around to get off the scaffold. And what do you think I see coming? A plane. And I go, come on! You know, it's, it's real, real old-style comedy. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like two pies in the face and one in a field in Pennsylvania. Just because I have no proof of this, there's no evidence, but 2000 fun, like 9-11, is that, like, that you know. <laughs> You know that exact, like, premise for the awful 9-11 movie was a cutaway that a writer pushed for in the writing room and did yeah. not get. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, I, I literally, in my, yeah, in my notes, I was like, this is not a movie. This is a cutaway you wanted to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say that one of one of my favorite lines was the the cap to that, which was, it's like two pies in the face and one in a field in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised. <laughs> The only one, um, uh, what is it? I wish they had done, um, they had referenced Building 7 somehow and done, like, a conspiracy theory thing yeah. there. But other than that, it's not the best 9-11 joke on the show. We'll get to that in a couple episodes. But, but... I mean, that cap is just, like, that had me, that had me, like, audibly, like, not, can't breathe yeah. laughing. Yeah, no, that is I, I so also good. Like, um, to remind me to clip the, that the, the P. Griffin joke. Or Scooter, Scooter, like the, the, where, where, oh, God, where Peter yeah. pretends to be like a 10 year old, like friend of Chris. And just like, I also like that, like, James Woods <laughs> does have like a genuinely decent relationship with everyone in the family except Ryan and Meg. He's, he's and better, Lewis. he's a, probably a yeah. better father to Meg. Absolutely a better father to Meg. 
Uh, I will say there was a part in that where I was like, oh, look, James Woods is, like, manipulating and, like, trying to destroy the mental health of a teenage girl. Like, that's kind of out of character mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he's trying to get her to become Ooh, a yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I can't think of any other times that James Wood has tried to, like... What was it? Make make the life of a teenager Another worse. thing, too, is that, like, it really ages... Uh, it really dates the show, too, when he's, like... Did Reese Witherspoon just get here? It's like, who has thought about Reese Witherspoon in that manner in ages? It's good. Yeah. Literally, like, not since Legally Blonde, no. I think. Yeah. I mean, the third one's coming out soon, so maybe it'll is be it really? Yeah. Yeah, there's is a it? third one coming out. Yes. They already came, of, oh, that was, they came up with the one with the twins, but there's another yeah, one? Yeah, there is a new Legally Blonde movie coming out to theaters. Shit. Alright. Really? Mindy, Kaylee, uh, and Dan Gore. So. Wild. So, I brought the episode. Uh, I, I, I have the reputation of being the think piece episode yeah. guy. <laughs> so, out of obligation, I bring uh, Padre de Familia. Which is an episode where Peter becomes a proto-Trump figure, where he, you know, riles up anti-immigrant rhetoric. But then he finds out that he's technically a Mexican immigrant, due to some, like, weird shit involving his mom. And then he can't pass the naturalization test. Because he's an idiot. So he ends up working as a Carter's groundskeeper, basically. He worked, Yeah, he ends up working on uh, Carter's mansion with a bunch of Mexican day laborers. And that's the episode, and it's it's not comfortable. It's very frustrating. It's it's got it's got that what we talked about the the racism anti racism tension where like the heart of the episode is you know in the in the like it's for immigrants. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the pro immigrant episode of The Simpsons. In fact, it's got a similar thing where Peter is assuming Moe's role, where it's like the immigrant who is being very anti-immigrant. That yeah, episode's it's, way uh, better. It, it's, um, it is way better. Also way better, the uh, Goobax episode of South Park, where that one's their sort of oh, sci-fi like, like take the on aliens. the... Yeah. Where, where, no, it's the time or, travelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, side note, uh, we'll talk about it when we end up talking about South Park in like a year, but... The, the ending of that episode where they, they're like, we're going to make the world a better place. And that's just like, nah, this is even gayer than the gay I, sex. I, I, will, I will say, inspired. like, you know, this episode isn't completely without void. It does have some fun jokes like uh, Herbert singing God Save America. Yeah. Or God. I also like the... I, I, the it's, got, it's got John McCain, the John McCain experience. <laughs> that <laughs> joke is aged well. That joke is just... That's such a good joke. It's one of those things where it's not as bad since I think it's making fun of like Portuguese people, but it's it's they've got flawed. Yeah. The guy who just do, who just learned what, what sarcasm, sarcasm is. is one of one of the best character like supporting characters in my opinion. And he I gets cut hard. Yeah, I, I love whenever. Yeah, I think I think it's, I, I support him getting cut just because he's got like one joke to make. But yeah, but he's it's a good so joke. Good here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the thing that got me about this episode um, was that, like, very, it was very unintentional, but I think, like, a lot of it, there was kind of, like, an insight into the ways in which, like, the legal system and, and kind of the will of capital is enforced through, like, the creation of distinct racial, like, castes. Sure, but it, it it's... Yeah. 
like obviously they didn't know what they were saying but like you can read that sure but it's not even like it's 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 an accurate representation like a vaguely accurate representation of american life like i have in my notes where it's like obviously you know like peter would not be treated the same as like the average Mexican immigrant because he's white and, like, he is able to assimilate into American culture, like, and obviously that is, like, the big stopping block, but, like, Carter, you know, using his ability to get legal asylum in the state, like, as a means to, you know, destroy class consciousness, like, that's something that definitely happens, and the fact that, like, obviously, like, because they're dumb liberals, like, they kind of, you know, they go with, like, the Mexicans being all noble, savagey, and, like, being, go, go with your people, you know, we'll yeah. find our way, but, like, but, I mean, like, like, legitimately, like, they're, at, at its base, like, there is some realism to it, even if they, like, are too dumb to, like... Side note, if you want to hear us talk yeah. about a, a good ep- episode, uh, where Peter is not an American citizen, we recommend you listen to our episode on Family Guy Season 2, where we talk about E. Peter Visunum, a much better episode than yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also racist but it's funny so in a different way and also we have someone who actually knows what they're talking about yeah but yeah no it's it's a troublesome episode i'd say it and believe it or not joe's walking on air are the two weakest episodes of the season i would would agree um that sounds like it's bad because you know it's a 12 episode season but like the good stuff here is so fucking good that um it's kind of hard to hold it against that um like even uh, Simpsons season six had a clip show episode, so <laughs> one credit you can give Family Guys that they don't do fucking clip show episodes. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, I think that's will about do it for that episode. There's not a lot to add besides my usual uh, uh, shtick. It's in terms of the problematic Family Guy episodes. I'm gonna start calling them the Soul Man episodes. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of which, why the hell hasn't Family Guy done just done a straight parody of Soul Man? Because no one remembers Soul Man, sadly. I don't know what Soul Man is. Oh, Soul you Man, don't know what Soul okay. Man is? It's, not re- it's, it's a movie from the 1980s about a white okay. guy pretending oh. to be black to do to get into like a minority oh. scholarship it takes, for like, college. Hills to turn black. Is yes. It, like, full blackface and everything. Yeah. And they and they oh, will explain it at the yeah, end no. where yeah, he he learns this. like how hard African Americans have it and like. Uh, it's yeah. Oh, it's an eighty-six American comedy film about a white man who takes tanning pills. Oh my god, tanning pills! I want to say that 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 movie, for how awful it is, it does have a genuinely great joke where he gets told that the African American student there's an African American students club on campus and he walks up wearing like full Black Panther gear and they're just like he shows up and they're just dressed normally and they just look at him. <laughs> Oh, it's no. genuinely pretty good. Also, that that movie has has a great we'll cast. Like Julie Jones is in that movie. Um, Isn't Julie Louis Dreyfus in that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> We're probably gonna have to do a whole episode on Soul Man. Any, anyways, um, but yeah, no. In, I was about to say that in terms of the Soul Man Family Guy episodes, I prefer the really funny ones like Petarded than uh, the ones like this that are just not very funny. Yeah. And too like didactic to Comment, you know, comedy make any jokes. from Spencer here. Yeah. I like it when the episode when the comedy episodes are funny. Um, <laughs> no, but here here's the thing is that I I, I think that the Petarded episode is funnier because, and this is going to sound completely heartless, but I think the Family Guy got, people like respect the mentally challenged a whole lot less than they do immigrants, right? Which is obviously terrible, but it lets them cut it loose. It lets them more. swing. 
Carter. Which, yeah, which I mean, where hurts more, but also is like how you get the home runs. Yeah, because on the one hand, like you know that you know episode, it's called Petarded. Like, there's no way that isn't going to be horrifically offensive. Right. On the other hand, nothing in this besides maybe the veterans joke is as good as like Peter launching that fucking vat of hot oil at or, uh, or uh, um, at Peter asking Joe or how, what's it like being mentally retarded yes <laughs> yes that's so good <laughs> that is such a good thing anyways we've already talked about that episode no but uh, I, that, yeah, this it, entire show is just us saying things that we said two weeks ago <laughs> yeah pretty much you know I think that'll about do it for this episode uh, really good season um, it's kind of going to be a downhill from here with some noticeable upward bumps. There's still some good shit from here on out, but nothing's going to be as consistently yeah, great like as I'm this. looking and I'm looking at like season 10 and 11 and it's like, oh boy. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, they have their moments, but they they that is where I think stuff really starts to I think season apart. 7 is pretty good, yeah. right? As, as yeah. far as I remember. Like again, it's 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 not that like it's bad, but it's just like you can you can tell that we're you can yeah you can see the event on the horizon basically mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah but that'll about do it um m do you have anything to plug i don't have anything to plug i just have a twitter account i don't do anything else that sounds very depressing unfortunately well we'll follow <laughs> at ambient valent on twitter yeah we'll put a link in the bio and everything i think she has more followers than any of us combined oh, for sure so. yeah you have like what like 13 yeah just or about I don't know. I I fluctuate by about 3k because or by about uh 300 pretty much every single day. So Twitter's a fickle fucking thing. I just get bored and I start problems. So (laughs) you are truly one of the best posters on the site. Literally, literally before we started recording this, I was like like viciously bullying that like Heather Habsburg person (laughs) on Twitter. So like I I, I, that's that's just I got really bored and I just tweeted biphobia isn't real just to see what would happen. And, and it was, it was I love great that. because so much happened. Well, that is awesome. By people, like, I'm sorry, they have no sense of Absolutely none. Like, it's crazy. No, I'm, I'm fucking yeah. bisexual. I agree. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I, I love saying that shit and then having we're... people be like, you don't even know. And I'm like, no, I know. And it's not real. And just fight me about it. I literally <laughs> am that. Yeah. I'm literally just yeah, no. the fuck with you because you have no sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I feel, I feel the, the stereotype that lesbians are humorless. If, um, if I it's mean, true, bisexuals fair. are more oh, humorless. For sure. So the moral of this story today, kids, is uh, dudes rock, gay guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy pride, happy pride month, everyone. Happy pride month. Bisexuals are are crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, happy pride month. Lesbians and bisexuals are bad. <laughs> it, the only yeah. good way to be is to be a gay man. I can't argue um, that. I really can't. Here on, here on those good old-fashioned values, we stand for faggot rights and faggot rights only. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. You know how turfs love to say, you know, we're, we're LGB. Yeah, we're just G here. We're just G. Just <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, okay, uh, we've been going on too long. Um, one thing I want to add before we uh, before this episode ends, uh, it'll be launching either today or the day after or the day before. But we are starting a Patreon. Um... We are starting a Patreon, and it is going to be similarly uh, priced to most other podcast Patreons, where if you pay $5 a month, which is the cost of, like, a Subway sandwich, not even that, you get one extra episode per week. We'll be talking about, uh, I mentioned this on the other episode, on the other bonus episode, but we will be talking about, like, uh, Cleveland Show. 
we will be talking about certain episodes of the show that are worthy of a full, you know, episode of themselves. We will be talking about other stuff Seth has worked on. We'll be talking about his appearances on, like, Bill Maher and the Oscars. And once we run into Seth stuff, we'll be talking about, you know, other things. We're going to talk about stuff that just reminds us of Seth MacFarlane, like Southland Tales. Or we'll be talking about movies that influence Seth MacFarlane. If you're at all interested in getting more of those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely, you can do that. Or... If you're even cheaper, for $2 a month, you get access to these normal episodes 24 hours early. And you also uh, get access to the tomes of notes that Ty writes for this show. I think we're at about 60 pages at this point. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, if if you're feeling even more generous, uh, you're getting that stimulus check money. Uh, For $10 a month, you get to vote for uh, the ultra bonus episodes that are once a month and... You get to make us watch anything. And I mean anything. Do you want us to watch the fucking Big Bang Theory? Then you can make us watch that. We don't want us to do do you want us to so- We're just going to be mad the whole time. Uh, we will be mad. We can't say we'll be happy about it, but if you're paying $10 a month for this, then we can't Just complain. because you, yeah. you, you, know, uh, you didn't have to bring up the Big Bang Theory as an example. You gave people so you- a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. You would well, have, like, I'll... handed them a loaded gun and put it against their temples. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to get the... I, look, it's a pitch, okay? People are cruel. Um, he, anyway, or, for or for those who to... aren't in our DMs, that was, like, originally Spencer's idea was after this, we immediately move on to Big Bang Theory, because this motherfucker just likes that show. He does. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Significantly worse <laughs> yeah. than liking Family Guy, for the record. It's significantly oh, worse oh, than yeah. liking most I, things. It's significantly I worse than being fucking a like neo-Nazi. That show. I only liked it when I was a teenager. God. Um, I uh, uh, Also, if like if you just want to hear us talk about stuff we like, like if you want us to do a whole episode on Streets of Fire, you can do that. Oh. If you if you want to hear me and Andy bring out our, um, uh, shall we say, um, neuroatypical obsession with, say, John Woo for like an hour and torture Ty by making her watch all these Hong Kong bullet operas, you can do that. <laughs> So you can, can do anything. Me, I don't know. Make him like read a book or something. <laughs> or if you want to make us read a book. Then yeah. But anyways, um, but no, uh, all of this and more, uh, there might be even more down the road. Uh, we also have like stretch goals where we get, uh, better equipment and stuff. But if you're at all interested in supporting the show and making it so this can become a long-term viable thing for us, then chip in a little bit of money. Uh, hopefully you won't miss it, but we'll appreciate it endlessly. Uh, that's going to about do it for the episode, though. Um, yeah. uh, Ty, you got your usual spiel? or I've, I'm kind of moving away from that in, in the um, kind of wake of everything that's happening. I will yeah. say I would love to get top in the Seattle Autonomous Zone. Okay. Um, it's going to be some greasy and crusty top. Um, <laughs> no one has showers there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> when they say anarchist pussy is hitting different, you know what? I'm not going to go Jesus. With. Um <laughs> When they say anarchist pussy be hidden different, they mean that you get STIs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> Andy, uh, uh, do you have anything to uh, write us off with? You know, looking at a, you know, not necessarily general news, but just the timeline and pe- people arguing on my timeline of the past couple days. Uh, it's good to see that 2016 will continue to never end. <laughs> yeah, uh, all I gotta say is uh, keep an eye on the weather reports. Uh, we're supposed to have a pretty fucked up hurricane season this year. <laughs> Um, and, oh, shit. Uh, that sucks if you live on the coast. That really sucks if you live uh, somewhere be- where that matters. <laughs>
I live somewhere that matters and on the coast, so... Or, no, I don't quite live on the coast anymore. My hometown's on the coast, so... That's gonna about do it. Give us a like on SoundCloud. Share the podcast with friends. Send us targeted harassment. We're going to be on iTunes uh, soon. Hopefully by the time this episode is out. So give us five stars there and a review. It means a lot. And uh, we'll catch you next week when we will be talking about Season 7. And also check out the next bonus episode that's coming out. Uh, It should be, by the time this episode airs, it should be Untold Story, then Cartoon Wars, then uh, the Jewish double feature. (laughs) Yeah, that's the schedule. All right, um, that's going to do it. And uh, see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Positively